to the Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Have you ever been in a position, and I know many of you have, where you just feel like all hell's breaking loose? Or you feel just so overwhelmed, or you feel you're in this position like, you know, I'm really, really hurting. And then you got these people or a person that comes around you that says, hey, man, shake it off. Hey, it's not that bad. And they, they're, the, they're the type of people that, that you, you want to punch because you're, you're dealing with the issue, but they're on the outside looking at a different view. And their attitude is, is come on, man, it's not that big a deal. And you're almost like, oh, my gosh, come on. You ever felt that way with the Bible? Because I have. There are times when I read scripture, I don't want to read. Actually, there are times when I hear scripture that I just don't want to hear right now. I don't want to hear it. And these are things that we have to look at in our lives. Because ultimately, there are the voices that we don't want to hear that we need to hear. And there are the ones that we should be hearing that we're hearing. But either way, we need to understand that there are times when you're just not feeling it. I remember um, my sophomore year, um, I was playing football, his football season, and this was uh, the Thursday before, no, it was Wednesday before the game, and I went up for a pass, caught the ball one-handed, yo, but I came down after getting blocked, I got tackled underneath my feet. And my arm went this way and my body went this way and I snapped my arm, just snapped it. And I'm laying there, I'm in pain and shock. And the coach yells out to me, not seeing the complete play, McCluskey, get up! That's what he said, McCluskey, get up! And a couple guys run past me and said, dude, throw some dirt on it. No one knows that my arm, when I get up, it's going to be flopping because it snapped completely. That was the time where you're sitting there going, no one loves me. No one cares. You don't know what I'm going through. You're not going through the pain I'm going through. So you can sit there and say, throw some dirt on it, get up. And I, I think this is what happens a lot of times when maybe not consciously, but subconsciously, we'll read the scripture and like going, yeah, I hear you, but come on, you don't know what I'm going through. And maybe you don't think that way. I do. I think that way. I talk that way. Uh, That's my journey. My journey is real with God. I don't play religion. I've done that. I've been there. That sucks. It's It's a garbage thing. It's something that's totally connected to the enemy, has zero to do with Jesus. So I know what that life's about. It's fake. It's phony. You got to play the game. You got to act the game. You got to talk Christianese. As a matter of fact, you're the most unrelevant person on planet earth, the religious people. And that's why it gives such a, a, a ugly view of the Christian faith, because you put Jesus walk in this thing, you get the real thing going on there. People aren't attacking it the way they do religion. Now, remember, Jesus walked this earth for three and a half years. The only people who wanted to kill him were religious people. I said the only people who wanted to kill him were the religious people. Everybody else was loving what was going on. Everything about him, the, the people that were oppressed, the people that were filled with, with, with sin, the people that were just miserable lives, man, they were getting free. And that's what being a follower of Jesus is about. It's the freedom, not the bondage, not the legalism. But see, that's what people don't get because church has been going along too long. And I'm talking about the religious church, not the right one, not the gathering of people that follow Jesus. And that's what this is, the gathering of the followers of Jesus. I mean, even the term Christianity or Christian, that is, that's not a good term as far as the history of it and the Bible position of it. It's actually a derogatory term. They call themselves the way, the followers, 
But they didn't call themselves Christians. That came later after the Christian faith, the, the, the believers accepted that term that used to have been something that was ugly. You're just a Christian. That wasn't something good. But see, this is what happens. We start allowing the world's impressions to manipulate our beliefs. But I can get how it can get real off if you don't have a true foundation in your own belief. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. Remember last week I was, I was sharing with us how when we look at the, the Gospels, when we look at the life of Jesus and understand that first and foremost, it's the Christian faith, the church itself, the followers of Jesus from resurrection, it took over 1,500 years before there was even a Bible available. But they were impacting the world. And if you remember the Bible stating that they were turning the world upside down. In other words, they were making a massive impact with no scripture. And it's so important to understand that, it's so vital. That doesn't make light of this. It doesn't make this irrelevant. It doesn't make it non-important. We have it, praise God. And it's awesome to have this. But to bank your life to knowing this, you're off. You're off. Because you're doing exactly what religious people do. We go to the concept of it's all about knowing these scriptures, knowing this word, memorizing the scripture, and not having a belief and a relationship with him. You honestly believe the relationship requires this? You don't know what this is then. You don't even know the Bible. You know religion. You know your opinions, but you don't know the Bible because the strongest and greatest relationships were people that never had this. And how can I say strongest and greatest? Because it's very scriptural, it's in there, it's shown. People that had no connection with being Jewish or no connection to being a believer marveled Jesus in him making statements of great faith. How do you get great faith? faith. They don't even know the word. They don't even know the Old Testament. They're not even in the covenant. Hmm. Makes you think, doesn't it? Exactly. That's what we should be doing. We should be thinking more. That's what will make us very successful. But see, we don't do that and we allow ourselves to keep staying bound to the old ways. And I'm not trying to create a new one. I'm just trying to create a real one. The real one. Not a new way. The real way. It's so freeing. It's so awesome. It's so great to be a believer and follower of Jesus and be relevant out in the world. Where someone literally looks at you and say, you are cool. You have, a, you're, you have character. You're a person of integrity. You look at most spiritual Christians, you can't even say that. You can, you can be manipulated by their spiritual acts, but on the inside you're saying, man, they gossip, they backbite, they lie, they steal, they cheat, they rob. I mean, you just go down the list. And this is what we have to recognize that we cannot be a part of. We gotta be part of truth. Because this truth and applying it's what sets you free, not a religious concept. That's what, I, that's what I want. My life to live, my wife's life, our family. We want to live this life, not a religious one. Not where it's tied to you pray today, you read your Bible today. Have you read the Bible? Have you prayed? Have you talked to God? What does that mean exactly? What does it mean? It means that you're still judging and basing success on those parameters. And I'm saying, that's a bunch of bull. I didn't go further than that. But that is a bunch of bull. The thing is, is you want to have success. You want to be empowered. You want to be a force on this earth. Then let's get this word in us. We have it. But let's get it in the way that we have to receive it. And it's just like life. How do you receive? How do you learn 
mathematics. How'd you learn to add and subtract? You heard a truth. Oh, you didn't read a truth. Are you hearing this? Oh, I don't know if you're hearing it. You didn't read a truth. You heard a truth. Reading comes later. Are you listening? You'll learn to read the more mature you are. Not age, mature. I mean, I mean, statistically, girls learn quicker than guys. You know, girls learn like, they, they learn all of mathematics, reading, and science at four. And men, you know, the boys learn ultimately like at 28 or something. I think that's the statistics. I'm just goofing around. But the facts are, you know, it's just, we, we, we learn that way. And it's so important to recognize that because you, why would you violate the creation? God created us this way. Why would we try to go a different direction? Well, that's what religion does. And I understand it's, it, listen, this faith is wonderful. And the more you walk it, the less you want to be like the world. And I can understand how that can affect someone's opinion of you. But it shouldn't make you judgmental of them. And that's what I'm trying to get. You become freer, but you shouldn't be more judgmental in that freedom. I mean, the freest person on planet Earth is who? Jesus. Was he judgmental? No, I think not. Not at all. Was he, did he walk in legalism? My gosh, he was, the, he was so anti that. And he showed it. He didn't just talk it, he walked it. So let, let's really press into the truths and get a hold of the information we need now because ultimately, we got to listen to scriptures that were like going, man, you don't know what I'm going through. But these scriptures, the word of God will bring a place of victory for us. It's not our fight the way we fight. It's the way God fights. And I'm his child. You're his child. And we got to fight like him. Because he wins. Amen. He wins. And we all need to understand that. Because we've just been singing songs about how great and how, how awesome he is. But also in those songs, we're 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 also singing how we're in that. We're in him. And that's good to know. We want to understand these truths so we can live Monday the right way. Amen? So we can go through this week recognizing, hey, this life is good. I might, you know, it's, it's a little freaky out there, right? A little freaky. But, hey, life's good. And I'm seeing my future in a better light. So that just takes information. And that's what we're, we're sharing this morning, some information. Amen? So let's go ahead and, um, oh, I did go over, I was going to get into where we, we were talking about put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against. And we talked about the wiles of the devil or his strategies. And in that, it said put on the whole armor. And the whole armor then goes through the process of sharing what that whole armor is. And it says, you know, the breastplate of righteousness, the, your, your shoes of peace, um, and then you have the, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, uh, which is the rhema word of God, not the logos, the rhema word of God, um, which is interesting because when it talks about a weapon in the armor, because the armor is more a defensive position, the sword is the offensive weapon. It talks about the rhema, not the logos. And I find that very, very important in our understanding because religious people use logos as a sword. Let's think about that. Not rhema, logos as a sword because you'll hear how they communicate. And it's more connected to written rather than spoken. And why is this important? Because spoken, hear this, is personal. Completely personal. When you hear that word, someone else might not hear it the same way, but at the time you need it, oh my gosh. I know this to be true with everybody in here. 
know it to be true. Because see, I can speak information. I can get this word out and, and I can see it in people. I can watch it. And there are some people that you're listening and paying attention and, and it's, it's, you know, it's good. You're paying attention. And there's some people that are, you know, picking their nose and falling asleep, you know, but it's still information going out. And then there's some where they're crying where you can see a weight just come off them. Something's happening. The information is getting, see, that's the, what the rhema word does. That's what this word, living word, getting in you does. Now, it doesn't mean if you're not getting impacted, there's no emotion to it, that it isn't important. No, that's not true. What it is, is you're receiving information for one day needing that information. It's not like everybody has to cry for there to be the move of the Holy Spirit. That's religion, by the way. That is pure man-made goofiness. Everybody's got to promote, hey, the Holy Spirit was here and God's really here. No, you're just manipulating people and all of a sudden they all got to fall because that's the right thing to do. They all got to cry because that's the right thing to do. And if you cry, if you don't cry, you're not tender to the Holy Spirit's leading. And they got to talk weird too. That's a spiritual thing. And that's all, that's all, oh, I'll use that term, malarkey. Whatever that means. It just came to my head, malarkey. That's just a bunch of malarkey. That could even be a cuss word. I don't even know it. But the point is, is, is we have to look at this word and let the word of God reveal these things to me, to us. Now, on stating that, I want you to, um, I have a special announcement for what I felt I needed to do this morning. My son comes up and says, you know, Papa, what, what do you want the background to be? Um, and I said, you know, I'm not sure yet. And he said, well, do you want it to be on the armor? Because you were talking about the armor and you were going to start uh, getting into that. And I understand what he was saying was, is you're going to start telling us about what this, what this armor is. And I thought, no, that's not what I was ever going to do. But that's something we all need to know, because ultimately the armor is what? It's information. No one's putting on a spiritual helmet. If you are, you're goofy. We got to get up, everybody. Family, get up. Everybody, put your breastplate on. Come on, Eck, put it on. There you go. Put your feet shod in the preparation of peace. Okay. You got your sword on? Don't let me see. Oh, there it is. No, that's goofiness. What this is talking about is, is when it says put on the full armor of God, it means put on the full understanding of what the armor is. So when it says put on the full armor of God, it's saying put on the full understanding of salvation, which is tied to a helmet, which ultimately protects what? Your mind. So when it comes down to it, the understanding of salvation is very important when it comes to the mind. The breastplate of righteousness. What's breastplate cover? It covers the heart, the organs. What does that mean? It means your heart has to be protected, right? That's what the scripture says. It says you must protect your heart. For out of it flows the issues of life. And what is an important breastplate of what? Righteousness. The understanding of righteousness protects your heart. So if you want to protect your heart, it is going to be faith. If you want to protect your heart, it isn't how to pray. Uh-oh. See what I'm saying? When you get correct with scripture, all of a sudden, a lot of that teaching becomes irrelevant. Exactly. And that's why there's a whole lot of irrelevant Christians out there. Because they're just talking. Talking stuff. That is not Bible. So all of a sudden, now I have righteous, protecting heart. And you're going, okay, then get into this. No, I'm not. That's my announcement. I'm going to do it on live stream on Saturday mornings, specifically teaching each 
part of the armor. And it won't take one live stream per art piece. Some, it might take a month for one piece. It might take a year for another piece. But I'm going to go all out and teach on Saturday mornings about the armor. But the whole key to our warfare and fight is all tied to the understanding. We have to understand. And when you understand, then you will be victorious. Guess what? It's the same way in the natural world, isn't it? Same way at your job, same way in life, same way in marriage, same way in raising kids. You've got to get knowledge, that information. Because if you don't, what do you do? You will live your past in today. And most people, I can tell you right now, even we've got, we've got brand new parents. We've got parents that have increased their little clan recently. We've got babies popping out everywhere. I mean, man, they've taken advantage of this thing. But, and then we got new, new babies on their way. You know, this is awesome. I'm loving this. I mean, there's just babies all over the place. And, and you know how I love babies everywhere. They're just a great thing. Kids everywhere. It's a wonderful thing. It's life. So we've got, we've got this going on. But it, it's, it's when you start looking at this correctly and you start paying attention to everything that we're watching and everything we're happening that's happening you have to look at this and you look at this armor and you look at the, the, the information and the instruction. And you realize, wait a minute, I got a baby coming. And if I don't learn something new, I'm going to teach something old. And all the parents, all the parents, you can say this, you know, you said this. I do not want to be like my parents. Hello. I don't want to be like how they did it. Now I'm hoping my kids don't have to ever say that. And how do I define that? Never get married and we all get raptured. Boom, there it is. All right, we're good, we're good. But, but you know what I'm saying? In other words, th that information, we have to learn to become. It isn't something you already know unless you wanna do what you are done, what was done to you. Because you will, you'll repeat your past. Even though you hate it, you'll repeat it. And guess what the world does? Most of them repeat and hate. They hated their parents being in alcoholics. They're alcoholics. They hated their parents smoking. They smoke. They hated their parents. You know, you know, they, it's just, you can hate and don't want and disgust, but if you don't change this, you don't change nothing. Amen. So this information, so I'm going to be doing that and I can't wait for it. And you'll get some information when it comes, when we start that up, but it is going to be exciting. James chapter one, verse one, James chapter one, verse one, James a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. A bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. James. James is the brother of Jesus. James is the brother of Jesus. Now think about this. Can you imagine growing up with Jesus being your older brother? I mean, if... What a complex, because you be getting in trouble all the time. You know, you know, you know, Mary's, you know, and, and you know, and it, I don't know how long Joseph's in the picture with the other kids, but they be spanking all over those other kids. And Jesus is like going, ain't coming this way. I'm good. But can you imagine that? Every single thing that Jesus is doing is the right thing. And you got the other brothers and sisters and they keep screwing up. And you're like going, oh my gosh. But James ultimately came to the place where his brother became his Lord. That's pretty powerful because James is someone that you have to pay attention to. You have to listen to. Uh, he pastored the Jerusalem church for 30 years after the resurrection. For 30 years, the Jerusalem. So that means uh, a church filled with converted Jews. Now think about that because if we don't pay attention to the understanding of what's going on, you don't really bring a lot of weight into 
the letter of James. But when you start thinking, man, this guy, I mean, out of all the pastors, he had the worst crisis of all, out of all of them. He's not only got the attack of the legalistic Jews, but now he's got the attack of being Christian Jews. So he's got a time where he's 30 years pastoring a church that's being attacked on all sides. You know, when the scripture talks about Paul going out and raising money, you know, most of the money's going to the Jerusalem church. I mean, they were hurting, they were messed up. So here you have James, the brother of Jesus, who he specifically states, he is my Lord. I mean, that's awesome. He saw his brother on the cross and he saw his brother after the cross. I mean, that's powerful. That's like, man, I'm, I'm serving you. You're not, you're not my brother no more. You're my Lord. And he bows to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he takes up that mantle that Jesus said, I want you to do greater works. I want you to continue this work on. Wait a minute, there's no Bible. Yeah, exactly. And they do greater works. And they do impacting works. And they are, an, they are a massive influence in the world. So there, James is doing his thing, but also under so much duress, stress, anxiety, pressures, dealing with the people he's dealing with. And he writes a letter. Now remember, this, the Bible wasn't written, you know, let's all together and write a Bible. Okay, here we go. Now he just decides to write a letter. And this is so impacting because when you look at his life and you look at the situation he's in, again, we're not talking about everything's chill at the Jerusalem First Church. It's been through mega struggle, death, destruction, trials, tribulations, attacks. Now let's pay attention to James chapter one, verse one. James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Look at he's still, his heart is his people. He's reaching out to the Jews all over. Greetings, greetings, my brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. James is one of those guys where you're like going, how can you say that? You haven't asked me, how's it going? Hey, what are you going through? How's your life been? He goes straight into, be happy when things are just all hell's breaking loose. Just be happy. And you're like, what? Because you can read this in times when you're getting overwhelmed and go, I really don't feel like being happy right now. But see, what's happening is James, again, he's struggling. He's been struggling. He's going through the things he has year after year after year, having all kinds of pressures from within and without. And now he's writing a letter saying, listen, people, when the pressures are tough, when people are saying, you ain't like your brother Jesus, because you know he had to get that. You don't preach like he preaches. How many people, how many miracles have you done? All I've seen you is lay hands on a guy with a migraine headache. And that's it. And so you've got this, this whole dynamic in the life of James, but now he's writing a letter to the churches. He's writing a letter to believers. And it's so beautiful because he's hitting right at the, the, the place where he has experienced more than probably most all, except maybe Paul. And so here it goes. Brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Notice it says, when you fall. Not, it might not happen. It could happen. No, it says, when it happens. So what does that mean? That means, hey, you having a little time where you're like going, ah, all right, this letter's for you. You having a little time where you're like going, Mufasa, Mufasa, woo, y'all scared and everything. 
This is for you. If you're at a place in life where you're watching shows like, what's it called? Tag? Ultimate Tag? Not the NFL? Not baseball? It's time to play tag. And you're excited about it. And you're rooting for people. You don't even have a clue who they are. No one else does either. But we're all rooting for them. Anybody seen that show, Ultimate Tag? Okay, see, us five don't have lives. This letter is for us. But that's what I'm saying. There are times when we're going and you're going through things where you're like going, no one understands. When I snapped my arm, no one understood. When they saw me withering in pain and finally realized he's really hurt, I would have thought my arm going back this way and my body this way, it would have looked like, wait a minute, that doesn't look correct. You know what I'm saying? It, it's like, I don't think bodies are supposed to look that way. So ultimately, the ambulance picks me up and my break, I can even have you feel and you'll feel this bone. You'll feel it weird. It's a weird feel. But, and I won't do it because I always like freak people. I go feel this and then I'll do this one. They're like, oh, and I usually go, ah, and they go, ah. It's sort of fun. I don't know why they would scream like I'm an animal or something. But anyway, the point is, is the point is, is, I had to sleep sitting up. They couldn't, they couldn't put a cast on it. So gravity had to help in the healing of my arms. So I had to sleep sitting up. Now, I'm just a sophomore. And when they put me in that chair, the lazy boy chair to sleep in, I couldn't sleep sitting up. So I'd ultimately end up sleeping on my back to where three weeks later, I have to go in and get it x-rayed, make sure everything's growing right. And guess what? They had to re-break it. So I go in and they literally break my arm again and say, you've got to sleep sitting up. Is that crazy? The things your pastor has had to go through. His journey in life has been rough. But ultimately, I, you know, ultimately it's, it got better. See, no, no. <laughs> so James says, hey, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing, everybody say knowing, say knowing, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The what? Testing of your faith. When you fall into various trials, testing of your faith produces something. It produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work so that what you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. That's victory. That's victory. Complete, perfect, lacking nothing. That's, that's perfect. There's nothing greater than that. If I said, how would you like a life where you lack nothing? No one's going to go, no, nah, that's not for me. Everybody's going to line up. Where do we get that? Complete, perfect, lacking nothing. We all want that. Well, the Bible's saying how you get it. Tied to patience. And patience is tied to what? What we're getting into right now. Because ultimately, God is showing us the answers to a miserable life. He's showing us answers to a miserable existence. Showing us answers to pain. Showing us answers to frustration, anxiety, being overwhelmed. He's giving us the answer. And so I think we ought to pay attention to it because ultimately the fight is going to be mainly involved in these issues. So we want to win. We want to stand. We want to fight. Well, we know it's not a personal fight, because the Bible says we don't wrestle against, we don't war against, we don't fight against people. I think a lot of the church, are they're forgetting the scripture in the sense that we're angry at people, we're mad at government, we're mad at this, we're mad at that. 
And we're taking the fight out that way instead of fighting in the area we need to be fighting in. It starts with us first. It starts with us first. It all depends on where you're at in your life, how bad a fight looks. If you've had no experience in a fight, if you've had no experience of training in how to protect yourself or to fight, you're gonna get in the midst of a fight or near a fight and you're gonna be freaking out. But if you have experience in a fight or you know how to protect yourself, your attitude's different. And if you have an understanding of how to fight and you have the, the knowledge of how to protect yourself and you've won a lot of fights, your attitude's different. Your attitude's based upon what? The experience. So you take the knowledge, you operate in that knowledge, applying it, and that experience gives you what? Strength, courage. It builds you up. Hey, tie that to everything in life because I just told you the answer to life. Everything. You take the information, you apply it, and it brings stability. It brings strength. And you build upon that strength. And so he's saying, I need you to understand something when everything's rough, when everything's saying. He says, count. Count it. Count it all. That word count means to adjust your thinking. Recalculate. Now listen to what I'm saying. Adjust your thinking, recalculate. Why? Because when we're in the midst of a mess, we don't usually stop and think. We're usually reacting, right? Y'all agree with me in here? Okay, how about you out there? Everybody agree with me? Most of the time we react. And what the Bible's saying, okay, he's saying, listen, guys, listen, gals, I need you to Stop and rethink this. Rethink what? Rethink how you are going to react. How are you going to act in this thing? Because we're not doing that. We're experiencing all the ugly and we start feeling and talking it. And the Bible's trying to say, listen, I don't want you to connect to the feeling. I don't want you to connect to what you're assuming is the ultimate truth. I need you to stop right now recalculate, rethink what's going on, not process the mess, but rethink how you're going to react. Now, remember, we're getting the whole information lined up, but I'm breaking it down one at a time. So don't separate the rethinking because the rethinking, the recalculating moves into the next information step. Okay. So he says this, he says, Count it or calculate, adjust your thinking, adjust your thinking. Listen, believers, hear me. You need to know something. Every problem, every issue you have in life, there's a promise of God to deal with it. There's a word from God that, that will help you. There's over 7,000 promises in scripture. How many do you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. How many do you know? I'm sure I've got some people there maybe can do eight or 10. And those are the super spiritual ones. But most of you, maybe two or three, maybe one. 7,000? What are we missing out on? I say a whole lot. We're missing out on a whole lot. I need this information. Don't you? I want this information. So let's recalculate. And it says, all joy, kara. All joy, the Greek word is kara. And it's not a smile. It's not a sense of serenity, happiness. It's actually an action of celebration. Some Greek scholars have said it's a throwing a party celebration. It's an outward excitement. Wait a minute. James, I don't think you understand what I'm going through, boy. I mean, this is, I'm, it, this is messed up. Recalculate. Why? Because what I'm saying is tied to my experience. The, the stuff I'm in. 
So I'm dealing with the stuff I'm in, and it's a miserable place, and then James' letter comes in front of me. And one of my, you know, Jewish brothers comes up to me and says, hey, shalom, bro. Shalom to you. And he hands me a letter and he goes, you ought to read this. It's from James, you know, Jesus' brother. And I go, sure, let me see it. And I start reading it. Count it all joy when your life is really screwed up. Are you kidding me? I'm going through stuff. And he's going, no, you got to pay attention to what it's saying. Listen to what he's saying. And so he says, stop yourself from the reaction. Stop yourself from the reaction. We all react, don't we? If we connect the old way, we react. And what God's saying is, listen, you want to have your life, what's the ultimate place? Complete, lacking in no area. Oh my gosh, what's, what's that involve? Recalculating, recalculating. You ever rented a car with the, 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 those specific GPS units they have? Mine don't talk that way. If it did, I'd shut it off. But you know, you get off, you go a wrong turn or you turn into Taco Bell and it starts going recalculating, recalculating. And then it says, make a U-turn. Turn around, idiot, you know, and just starts freaking out. Okay, we need to do that a little bit without the freak out. Recalculate, stop yourself, you turn, do something different, quit eating Taco Bell, do something. Are you guys hearing? Looks like we're having Taco Bell for lunch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we're not. Just playing. So he says, recalculate. To what? Joy. But not joy that's just, but joy that's action that people can see where they know what you're going through, but you're all, woohoo, yeah. And they're like going, you ought not to be acting that way. Don't you know your life's pretty messed up? I wouldn't be, want to be in your shoes, but you have what? Recalculated some different information. And all of a sudden, you ain't acting the normal way. You're acting a little crazy, but it's a God crazy. It's a good crazy. It's not a super spiritual, freaky crazy. Listen, religious people have been playing that religious crazy for a long time. That is unrealistic and unreal, and it's never seen fruitful. It's a, it's, a, it's a game. It's look how spiritual I am. And then, you know, 24-7 the rest of the week, they're freaking out, you know, crawled up like a little child in their closet screaming until they get to church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's really stupid. But when we start looking at this in reality, we start realizing, wait a minute, this is something that I can get hold of because I don't want to be where I'm at. But the only person that I can really listen to is someone that has a life or experience that I can submit to, that I can honor. And I start looking, I can look at the word and go, I honor and submit to that. But I start looking at the life of James and I just go on, he's someone I can pay attention to big time because what he's dealt with, I mean, we're talking about Jerusalem. They, they just hung Jesus, his brother. These people don't play around. They, they created a Paul that went around killing Christians. Are you guys listening? Oh yeah, James was pastoring while Paul is killing Christians. We don't want to talk about that, but that's the reality. So this guy isn't like, oh, I think I'll go eat at, you know, the Jerusalem restaurant today. Hey brother, how's it going? Let's pray over our meals. This ain't his life. This guy probably doesn't see that he's going to make it very long if he's looking at the reality of his life as a believer. But God's got his back. His brother's got his back. And he's doing a job. 
and he's been doing it for 30 years. But he comes and he writes us and says, listen, I need you to connect with this. You're going to get in a position where things are all terrible and I need you to stop yourself, recalculate the position, and then I need you to get focused in on what? Joy. You need to look to the place of joy. And he says, when you fall into many kinds of trials. I just want to hit that real quick because the word fall literally is a surprise. It's not something you saw coming. It's something that you fell and went, oh my gosh, how'd I get here? Corona. Did you guys see this coming? I didn't see it coming. And all of a sudden we fall into Rona and it ain't, it's all messed up, isn't it? So we are caught by surprise, are we not? And now even the specialists back talk each other, even themselves. Remember just a few months ago what they were saying? Nah, masks don't do anything. Don't worry about masks. Just give them all to the doctors. Remember when there were no masks? Because everybody was making a run on them at Home Depot and Lowe's? No masks nowhere, nowhere to be found. And what did they say? You don't worry about them. No one needs them except the people in the hospital. You don't need masks. Remember that? Y'all remember that. You need to pay attention to that because those were the specialists. That was Fauci man and all them going, no, you don't need the mask. Let the people that need the mask get the mask. Today, fast forward. Don't wear it. You're going to wear a mask. You're going to die. Now it's everybody's got to wear a mask. All of a sudden, we got masks everywhere. Go to Amazon. You can get one with your name on it. You can get superheroes on your mask. All of a sudden, you have to. They're, it's the most important thing in the world. Now, all I'm saying is, again, I'm not talking about good or bad. I'm just telling you, the specialist, the great ones were saying, you don't need them. And now you do. Don't touch anything. You'll get it. Don't touch anything. Now you can touch everything. I'm just saying, you're going to put your life based upon their super knowledge. I'd say base it upon this super knowledge. Because the more you hear them, the more messed up it gets. And listen, we're abiding by wisdom. We're not doing dumb or playing over goofy with this thing. I, I'm not going to play that game. I'm not a specialist, but I do specialize in life. So I'm getting this stuff out either way. You here or not here, the, whatever rule they want to do, my responsibility is getting information to you so that you can walk this thing out, so you can live it, and we can experience this life in an awesome way. And this is what the Word of God does. Man, it's awesome. So he says, count it all joy, throw a party, get excited when you what? When you get surprised, when things are going all terrible. That's the hardest thing to do. I don't know. How, in the normal life, you can't do that. You, you, it's, it's, ah! But he's saying, you want to have victory? You want to have success? Then you're going to have to learn something new. We all know how to throw a fit. We all know how to throw a pity party. We all know how to whine and cry. We all know how to blame. But what has that done for us? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Whoa. Ooh. Oh, okay. Y'all don't even know that song. James, <laughs> everything got quiet. They go, what happened? Where'd he go? Where's he going? He goes places sometimes. Yeah, so. James is saying, as you are in a trial, I want you to rethink your perspective. I, wanna, I want you to rethink your action when you're in a trial. See it as a source of joy. And we say, what? <laughs> See it as a source of joy? That's what James is saying. Remember, James has gone through some stuff. See it as a source. When I'm in an issue, God said to throw a party. Let me ask you something. If God's going to ask me to do something, 
Is it going to be based upon my ability or his ability? Exactly. So what am I actually doing? I'm going to enter into a supernatural, supernatural event by my belief in God's word. I'll take a supernatural event in the midst of trial any day, any day. But also it does something when I act on my faith and belief, it does something. It's going to produce something. This is very powerful because it goes on to say what? Knowing, knowing that the proof, the testing of your faith, the testing of your faith produces patience. The testing in the trial. So what's going on? Well, in the midst of ugly, my faith is getting a test. Now think about this. Pay attention. Not a God's determining if we're good or bad. That's not at all what it's talking about. This word is very important to see because it's the Greek word dok im eon. Dok im eon. And the key of this is it's testing authenticity. Testing the realness of your belief. Faith is your belief. Because see, I, we all know this. We know this. We know, I don't even have to read this and we all know this. When everything went crazy, all the believers, all the people that have been going to church, all started reacting. Some reacted what I would consider in a faith position and some reacted in a crazy, fearful position. But what did this do? This reveals what we need to have revealed. And that is what? Where's my faith? Because I can study, 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 study. But until I take a test, I don't know. I don't know what I know. I think I know what I know. But it could be just because I've been studying. Two weeks later, I might forget everything. I know you guys don't learn that way, but I did. The thing is, is here I am in my life. I'm going through this scary time and my faith is now reacting or not reacting. And it says it does what? It's going to reveal something in my faith. Is it authentic faith or is it freaky faith? Is it Faith-filled faith, or is it fearful faith? Faith is belief. Faith isn't a, 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 it's not a specific only Bible word. It's your belief. So you can have bad belief or good belief. You can have faith in expectation of good or faith in expectation of bad. It's faith. It's belief. Everybody got that? So don't just all of a sudden tie faith in as this is a Bible word, and the Bible word means this specific meaning. No, it means you can be a superman or woman of faith in the area of fear. You have confident expectation for that fear and everything about that fear to happen to you, and you not only believe it, but you expect it to happen to you. That's, that's super faith, by the way. It's just it's working on the wrong side. You, listen, church people need to hear this. We box this Christian thing into Christianese and it becomes irrelevant. When you start hearing how powerful you are in your belief, that raises you to another level, even if it's the wrong way. See, I'd rather show you how powerful you are in your belief than to say you don't have it. That's idiotic. Even though it might show you up as a scaredy cat, but you're an awesome one. You not only stand in faith of that being a scaredy cat, but you let everybody around you know that you're scared. You speak that faith out and you're powerful in it. I'm not going, I'm scared to death of going there. Man, you're an awesome faith person. And now you even go to the next level. And I know tomorrow it's going to be worse. I'm telling you right now, you could watch it happen. It'll be worse tomorrow. You are a superwoman of faith. You just don't see it. 
You're awesome in faith. It's just the wrong way. But see, religion or the goofiness would look at you and go, you don't have no faith. You're a loser. Get out of here. I'd rather look at you and go, you're awesome. Let's just fix it. Let's change that belief. But you're pretty awesome because pretty soon you're going to go, yeah, I'm healed. What of it? I'm going to tell my neighbors. I'm going to tell my brothers. I'm going to tell my sisters. Oh, yeah, tomorrow I'll be healed too. Why? Because you took that faith that you had strong belief in. You just moved it over to the right side. You came to the, to, to the light side, not the dark side. You came over. Amen. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Well, that's what I learned. That's how I get it. And I want you all to understand, you all have the ability to be awesome in your belief the right way. You do. You have the ability. Listen to me. Some of you are speaking and believing some terrible things in your life and you're seeing it come to pass. I don't want that to happen, but I need you to understand how powerful you are in that position. Now, the belief isn't something that you have to believe. It's something you chose to believe. So that means you can re-choose, rethink, rethink, rethink. So now you're rethinking, recalculating, and what? You are now speaking different. You're thinking different, which means what? You experience different. You guys getting something? You all getting something out there? All right. This is so important. So he says the proving, the process of proving of your faith is going to what? It exposes yourself. So rethink the situation you're in. Start activating emotion in what? In anything you can that connects to joy. Anything. If I'm miserable and things are all bad, ultimately I gotta go, thank God you love me. Thank God you're, and all of a sudden I can get happy. Why? Because I'm not thinking about the bad no more. I'm thinking about something different. And then pretty soon I can get off and be throwing a party. All, it happens all the time with me. I mean, where I'm, I've dealt with stuff. I'm dealing with issues. I'm dealing with church stuff. I'm dealing with building stuff. And, and it, it can amplify. It can get bad or whatever. And there's issues, family issues. You can deal with stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm in my time where I'm just hanging with my Lord, hanging out. And I just feel like overwhelmed. and so like, oh my gosh, I'm so agitated right now. And I can get to the place where it feels so heavy, so restricted. And then I think, oh man. Thank you for your love. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you that this day is a day that you made for me. And all of a sudden, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, things start changing here. Pretty soon, I'm smiling. I'm laughing. I'm happy. Five minutes later, I'm back to normal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, there's still a battle, but my, my whole, my attitude's different. That's all I'm saying. I, I would love to say, and, and from day forward, I'm floating. I'm like a little happy puppy. That's not true. But what is true is I got a different focus. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't even sound the same to me. Can I feel the pressure? Of course I can. The Bible says I will. Can I, can I look at the future and go, ah, it's not looking really great, but you know what? I got to stand my position. I got to stand in what I believe. And so that's what changes the feeling experience. And then the communication is what? Let faith be pressured and pushed but continue in that belief, continue in that confidence, knowing, gnosko, uh, receiving information to full understanding. It's just not getting information. It's receiving information to full understanding. When you see God's word and he's talking about different things, he'll use the term knowing for the sake of the us, for the sake of the hearers that are reading it. And as you hear that word, you realize my knowledge is going to come from receiving and acting, receiving and acting. The knowledge, the understanding is building on that. It is not a super information where you hear it and boom, it's all that. That's unscriptural, by the way. That doesn't happen. 
If someone's acting like it's happened, it's not real. That's usually an emotional hearer that gets it. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm all this, I'm all that. I'm a faith, man, faith, woman. And then a week later, you know, they're going to hell. Why? Because they received it emotionally. Maturity knows that this is a long haul. I'm going to be up on the mountain this week. Next week, I might be down in the valley. But it don't matter. It don't matter. That's what life is. I know we don't want to see this. We all want to say, no, the Christian life is just this way. When I was religious in my walk, that's what I would say. It just keeps going this way. That is not even what the Bible teaches. The journey's this way. But it don't matter. The success and the maturity is this. I keep going forward. Going down, I don't care. As long as I'm going forward. Going up, doesn't matter. As long as I'm going forward. As long as I'm going forward. Making a left, doesn't matter. As long as I'm going forward. Make a right, doesn't matter. As long as I'm not doing this, I'm good. It's all good. Y'all getting anything this morning? All right. We know that the testing of our faith produces patience. Jesus showed us, well, in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter um, 12, verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that he set before him endured the cross. Is that awesome? The word endured is the great word patience with courage. He set joy before him and he gave him the ability to patiently endure with strength. What? The cross. He did exactly what James, his brother, is teaching us. Is that awesome? Jesus did this. Jesus didn't say, I'm God, I can handle anything. No. Remember, he was under so much pressure that he sweat, he was sweating blood. And he was under so much intense pressure that he was saying, God, can you take this away from me? Father, can you make it go away? This is, I didn't know it was going to be this bad. And then he chilled. He stopped himself and said, wait a minute. Not my will. Not my will. I'm not stopping now. What happened? I believe he started realizing, wait a minute, focus, recalculate, recalculate, focus, focus. This is God. Take this away, Father. Take this away. Recalculate, recalculate. No, 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 no. Not my will, Father. Your will, your will. And I believe from my heart, from this word, Joy rose up within him. I just believe it. I believe that at that time, he started feeling, wait a minute, a countless number of people are going to come to the faith. We are going to have victory. I'm going to be seated at the right hand of the Father. We got the, I believe he started getting happy inside. That joy rose up within him until he got his disciples and they were sleeping. They was like, God, you dummies. No, he didn't do that. The point is, is we've got pictures. We've got clear view of how to win, how to have victory. And the Bible's making it very clear for everybody. Listen, Jesus took it upon himself to understand the power of joy. The joy he set before him gave the ability to patiently endure the cross. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't the cross. You aren't innocent. He was. I said, you aren't innocent. He was. He took our sins, our curse. He didn't deserve it. Now, you might be going through some tough times right now. You might be going through some really bad times. But you got to know that this scripture is for us. It's for you. Receive this information. And listen, the key to your success is getting connected to Jesus correctly not religiously, correctly. And you do that by calling on the name of the Lord. 
just, just speaking out, Jesus, I believe and I want you in my life. When you do that, when you call on his name, scripture is very clear, you will be saved. That being saved means is that you now enter into God's family and you become a new creation. And so I want each one of you to know that. Get hold of this Jesus. Get hold of it so you can walk this word and experience what God has for each one of you. Experience this truth. Experience this understanding. And this is how we win. And this is how we fight. Not our way, his way, and we'll get the victory. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I receive you in my life. And I thank you for answering my prayer. I believe in Jesus. And I thank you for believing in me. Amen. 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 Did anybody, anybody first time you asked Jesus in your heart, anyone in here out there, if you did, I need you to press that little button that says, I raise my hand. The reason why we want to know is because we pray for you. You might not connect with this with your name, but know this. When I see the people that press that thing, I pray for all of you. So no matter how many get saved, I pray for you and expect the very best for your lives. All of you guys, I love you. All of you out there, I love you. Have a great week in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.